0: And it's a very good evening to you this Monday evening, Tuesday evening, sorry, I'm so used to a Monday show, Uh, this Tuesday evening. The new show is, we had our first one last week, is Democracy in Action, and I'm going to be taking you through a series over the next couple of months where we interview uh, people from the IEC. Last week, we started the uh, first show of the season, and uh, we had a a really great show with uh, Michael. Uh, That was Michael Hendrickson. And we've got part two. We have him on the line again. And it's a very good evening to you, Michael.
1: Hi, good evening, Wayne, and good evening to your listeners.
0: How are you this week?
1: Oh, I'm fine, thank you. A bit of ups and downs. Um, Had to attend a memorial for my cousin that passed away, so that was a bit of a downer. Oh, my. And I think it's just sharing what what many of your listeners also go through during the time of COVID. Oh, absolutely. Um, You know, the trauma of loss.
0: Well, our our condolences to you. I mean, uh, despite the fact that infections are going down and everything, people are still. Uh, dying and people are still experiencing the very very negative side of 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 covid so before we get into the show tell us what is a week in your life like so between last week and this week as uh, in in your position of provincial electoral officer what would you be doing in a week Um, well
1: um, last week uh, since I, i spoke to you last week Um, I attended a what we call a commission plenary that is a meeting of the commissioners of the IEC these are the sort of top board members, or if you want to call it that, together with the top management um, of which I'm one uh, as, as being a provincial uh, representative. So mm-hmm. you had the whole sort of mantle there. And, and we were talking about, you know, our preparations for registration, um, our, what are some of the, the risks we are facing and you how to, to overcome them. Um, you know, we're talking about, you know, when we were able to finalize the debate for the elections with the Minister of uh, Cooperative Governance, those sort of things. Um Then I also had another session with uh, some of my other uh, operational colleagues from national and local, and talking about matters such as uh, preparing for registration and also preparing for the by-elections. We have by-elections in the Western Cape on Wednesday Mm -hmm. um, in three wards, and uh, so we need to prepare for that as well. And then overall, other organizational matters such as filling of vacancies, dealing with admin, dealing with uh, sort of preparing for the audit by the... Auditor general, um, they're they coming to us to audit us, so we're preparing for that audit. So it's a mixed bag, both of, of electoral matters as well as your typical administrative financial uh, um, processes. Mm, that, mm.
0: So when you prepare for by-elections, just a, a little side here, I mean, these are like mini-provincial or national elections. I mean, it's just scaled right down. You do everything that would happen in an election, all the protocols, all the safety measures, checks and balances. That all happens when you have a by-election.
1: That is correct. Uh, it is, like you say, a, a, a sort of a, a, a national election on a small scale where it's limited to a particular uh, ward. In in our case, like in, in Cape Town, uh, it is in Ward 20, so it's only in Ward 20. Um, so we prepare, you know, you go through a timetable, you appoint staff, you, you go through a process where parties and individuals can nominate themselves to stand as candidates, you know, prepare the ballot papers, get the voting stations sorted out, go through the process of, of, of contracting for, for voting station staff. Um, yeah, or, So everything that we do for, for a, a national election, we do it on a particular lower scale. The only challenge, however, is to ensure that, you know, with with the, the, the communications that is targeted, because you can't confuse people by saying, oh, there's a by-election, and mm. they need to know in which particular area only uh, um, the by-election is taking place.
0: Now explain to us, uh, to our listeners, what a by-election is and what are the reasons why you would have a by-election?
1: Okay, so the by-election is specifically for a ward councillor um, in, in our local government. So by-election doesn't take place for national and provincial because we have an out-and-out proportional representation system there. So otherwise, other words, you'll recall, your, your, your listeners will recall that when they go and vote for national and for provincial government, it is they vote for a party only. Right. Whereas with local government, uh, um, you'd have three ballot papers. You'd want, um, or in the Metro 2, you'd have a PR list where you vote for a party, and then you have another ballot paper where you vote for a particular ward, and and, and the person's name is on there, whether you're individual or a party. So, what will typically happen is that um, uh, a vacancy will occur, whether, one, uh, the, the councillor unfortunately passes away, so they' death. dead. Secondly, uh, it will happen if the person was uh, nominated to stand as a ward as a councillor for party X. right? And then that person, for whatever reason, uh, um, the party then terminates that person's membership. In other words, you cease to be a member due to disciplinary process, in which case a vacancy will arise because the person was nominated by... By a party. Mm. The third scenario is obviously where the person simply says, I resign. I've I've got other things to do, I'm leaving and, and, and he or she walks away. And then you also have the situation where um there, there is a counselor code of conduct. Okay? And and if you right. breach that there's a whole process where through to the council you are then your your, your membership of the council is terminated. So it's a, it's sort of a code of conduct for counsellors So you disqualify so from
0: holding yeah. that position.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So so you go and then um yeah, and then a by-election will, will follow, you know, where we publish the the, 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 the sort of notice and we tell people that there's a by-election going in that particular ward only. In the in the um, extreme case, you can also have a situation where, say, for example, a municipality has become so dysfunctional, you know, completely dysfunctional, and they try to do, you know, have an administrator appointed, and that hasn't helped, and then the minister of local government can then dissolve the whole council and then you actually have a by-election but for the whole council. So okay. In, in, you know, for the whole municipality. In other words, we'll have an election.
0: And that um, happens?
1: That can happen, yes. It doesn't happen in, in, in our provinces. It happens in other provinces.
0: Right, right. So um, what what areas at the moment have by by-elections? So if listeners are listening in and, and they don't realize that they've got the opportunity to vote, uh, which wards are up for re-election?
1: Okay, so we firstly have Ward 20 here in Cape Town, in the Cape Town metro, and that covers the area of Delft. Um, okay, and then we have in the Ward 11, which is in Nisner, that is your sort of only area uh, for people who know Um And then the third uh, ward by by-election is in Beaufort West, Ward 4.
0: Right. Okay, so and, and as we explained last week, it's very, very important that – uh, you do v- go and cast your vote, and not have the the reason. Well, uh, my vote doesn't count for anything.
1: Correct, um, especially in a by-election. You know, typically in a by-election, you know, unfortunately, the turnout is, is a bit lower. Um, so the number of voters who participate is unfortunately lower. So we would, we actually urge we urge voters to go out and, and cast their vote. I know it's a normal vote. Uh, it's a normal. Uh, a working day. Um, the by election is on the 21st of April, by the way, that's next week. Um, so it's a normal day, but we keep the station open until 9 o'clock to allow even those who go out to work to come back and have enough time to, uh, um, to cast their vote. What we also allow is special votes. In other words, you can apply before the time uh, for a home visit. For example, if you are uh, um housebound uh, in the sense that you know your your, um, your, your health doesn't allow you to to leave your to leave your, your bedroom for example, you can apply for a a um, a special vote and 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 one of our officials will come and, and actually come to your house and vote um, you can also come to the station before the time um say a day before the time and actually cast your vote because say for example you are away on election day that period has obviously we now because we actually have a process where you have to apply for, so we, we have to prepare for it. But that's also another opportunity for, for voters to come and vote, either through a special vote or at the voting station on election day.
0: Now, Ward 20, are there various location, or is there just one location where people can go and vote?
1: In in, in Ward 20, there are, it consists of, of seven voting districts. So there are seven voting stations. Right. Um, in, in Delft area that, that people can vote to. I can just go through it quickly for you. Sure. Um, it is uh, Eindhoven Primary School. So these are in, in the, you know, where people stay in, in and around that particular voting system. Yes. So it's Eindhoven Primary School, Delft Primary School. You've got Fair Genugd, uh Primary School, Delft Fals Primary School, uh, Simonier High School, the Delft Community Centre, and then we have a temporary voting station on the corner of uh, uh, Main and Fabric Street in, in Delta as well. That is where we don't have a, a fixed location. If nothing is available, then we put up a tent and people can vote uh, during the course of the day as well. So those are the voting stations. As you see, we make use of schools, but we are very careful to ensure that we do not disrupt the schooling, at that school. In many cases, we actually use, uh, um, you know, one of the, 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 the classrooms that are standing separate or a, or a, or a hall of the school. So we don't actually
0: disrupt uh, um, the school. Right. Uh, What time does voting start and what time does voting end? Uh,
1: Voting starts at 7 o'clock in the morning until 9
0: o'clock in the evening. Right. Now, uh, there is, in every organization, every business, we've been impacted by COVID-19. What is the uh, influence of COVID-19 on the voting process and how you guys are now... uh, the, the whole logistics of creating a voting station?
1: So, yeah, so, so what? firstly, one. what is it meant is, one, we need to change our voting processes in terms of our training of our staff, in terms of how to deal with uh, the voters when they arrive and how to assist voters. So, for example, uh, um, just in terms of our build of material, you know, in terms of what, what we pack for, for each station. So you'll include now fogging uh, canisters, in other words, so that we can... Uh, um, uh, sanitize the, the place before and after the voting takes place. We have masks, we have cover, uh, plastic coveralls for our staff, uh, um, uh, face covers, uh disposable waste bags, medical waste bags. Because, for example, when you are using the uh, – what we do, you know, typically when you, when you come to the voting station, we will mark your finger. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so what we're doing now is we're using for the, sort of a cotton bud. So we use one cotton bud per voter. Um, right. So that's cotton, but as soon as we use it, we, we chuck it into a, a medical waste box uh, and then we our, our people have, have uh, um offered masks. We ask our voters to please uh, always wear a mask in other words, if you don't have a mask you you, you can't enter the enter the voting station and if you can, please bring your own pen with you so that uh, and then um uh, you know as you as the voter enters, your or she's hands will be sanitized um we are aware of the fact that we uh, um, need to, to, to have our mask on, so we'll typically ask the voter to lower their mask just a little bit so we can actually compare the face of the ID with, the, um, uh, with, with your face. Uh, we, 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 we will not take your ID from you. We ask you to keep it up, again, to, 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 to minimize the amount of contact with with your property and, and, and stuff like that so these are sort of the things that we do to try and minimize our contact with the voter physically and then secondly also to ensure their safety in terms of ensuring that that we social distance that we have the sanitizers that we uh, um, we, we uh, disinfect off before and after and after the the, the, the voting.
0: right now a, a question that's related to this <clears throat> which I didn't ask you last week. How has COVID-19 impacted uh, the IEC? Because we know in government departments at certain times there were no officials available. We had at the Deeds Office was behind. There were a whole lot of things. Mm. How did it impact you guys? Because, uh, you know, you can wait for a death certificate, but when there's an election and there's a specific date, you can't wait uh, for, like, as people can wait an extra two weeks for a death certificate things have to happen on that particular day how has that impacted you with uh, staffing I mean have you gone half staff have you how have you worked uh, during COVID to make IEC, IEC function properly
1: yeah. so, so uh, when it, it, a lot has to do with the level of lockdown and the status of whether you, you know a particular area is a hot spot or not as you recall when we started out last year there was almost like a complete shutdown, you mm-hmm. know, and, and because we weren't listed as those essential staff. So our offices closed, you know, in March last year. Remember the first lockdown? Everything was yep. sort of closed. Boom. And, and we were one of those that actually closed down, so our staff was actually at home and had to start working to come home. Um, also, so our operations were severely impacted. Secondly, um, we approached the electoral courts because we on our own won't decide that we cannot decide it. Uh, and where there were vacancies, and we said, look, um, there is a vacancy. We are supposed to have the by-election, but we cannot because of COVID. We literally cannot. You know, people cannot move. A uh, stock cannot come out, etc. And there, the electoral court would postpone the election to another. And that is why, for for most part of last year, we didn't have by elections. The first round of by-election took place only in November last year. So, in other words. You know, because we we we, don't, we we couldn't move around and voters couldn't move around, we didn't actually have by election up until November last year. We had at the beginning, so and that was literally linked into the to the lockdown levels, because by November it sort of dropped down and and uh, December. So this is where we are now. So it does impact on us. So initially, like I said, our office was on lockdown and and there were no staff here, and then we slowly opened up. For example. Um, we, we didn't take sort of registration, you uh, know, voters couldn't come to our office to register uh, um, up, until, up until about a month or two ago uh, because of the, the different uh, um, the lockdown protocols that were in place because you needed to obviously limit the na- amount of interaction with, with members, uh, you know, with other people. And, and uh, so it does impact on us where we are now. All our staff are in their offices. We are working full blast uh, in preparations for our elections.
0: Right. So behind the scenes and even during hard lockdown, you guys worked from home. So you continued doing the stuff that could be done from home, the physical contact, the operational stuff that was placed on hold. So you by, by uh, elections uh, yes, and the like and the like still were on your radar. If you see.
1: Uh, what <laughs> happened is we, we, we needed to, to make sure that we prepared. So one of the, the aspects that we, we needed to do a couple years ago, the Constitutional Court said that, you know, if if somebody has an address, a, a residential address, we should ensure that we capture that address on the vote as well. Mm. So what we, what we did when we were, uh, you know, when Spark was working from home, we went through the process of... of of capturing, you know, where we could and, and look at different databases so that we can actually capture voters' addresses there where we didn't have addresses. You know, mm. so it was a big process of going through the different databases, checking and, and uh, capturing of addresses. In some cases, also, we had a, a big project to geocode, uh, at, uh, you know, where people are located because in many cases, a person may not have a formal address, you know, typically it says, I stay at number five, Smith Street. Um, right, especially in your informal areas, you you will not know. I mean, there is no literally no street address. You may have a number of, of, of the of the of the of the house that you're in, but you don't actually have a street. So we needed to go through that particular process because it's important that when you obviously have for local government elections that people in that ward vote for that ward councillor.
0: Right, of um, course. Now, just explain quickly some of the uh, your your print, provincial offices made up of support services, electoral operations, and outreach. Uh, is, that, is that the basic structure of the provincial office?
1: Yeah, all our provincial offices are sort of split into that way. So electoral operations will deal with matters as it's called, your voter registration, your voting day preparations everything that goes into the, the action of voting per se. And then you have your support or, or what we call corporate services, and that will typically be your, all your finance. You know, every organization will have a finance section um, that deals with assets, procurement, that, as well as with HR methods um, and, and sort of office leases, etc. And then we have outreach. Outreach is one of our critical areas because it deals with, for example, communications. Uh, you know, with, our, with our voters out there. Like, for example, what I'm doing now, we, it's part of our, our communication strategy which falls under outreach. And then we also have specific programs within uh, um, the outreach unit that deals you with know, how do we engage with our stakeholders out there, how do we engage with schools, uh, personal institutions, etc., in terms of democracy education.
0: Okay, now, uh, of course, there's six regional offices across the Western Cape. We in, in this area, and of course the area of coverage of our radio station, it's the Cape Metro. You've got several Cape Me- offices. Why do you maintain offices uh, at these various locations? At uh, one, two, three, four. You've got five of them. Is this for to help people? Is it just purely administrative? Can people go to the offices?
1: Yeah. Um, so, so we we have we have uh, six regional, as as you say. The regions are there to coordinate whatever happens within the particular region. so what we do is in every municipality we have one office so we have a local office in every municipality not every town because sometimes a municipality consists more of one town but say for example in Langeberg, uh, a municipality that has, is uh, Montague, Ashton, Robertson we, we have an office in Robertson um, and that is literally to to coordinate whatever happens on the ground so whether there is a by-election happen we have a, a local presence when voters need assistance uh, um, we, we are there to assist them. We also have uh, what we call our our party liaison committee. That is with uh, representatives of of, of parties where so we have general meetings with them to update them on on what the status is of, of our work, where we are, etc. So so they have a full plate. And then the other part, you must also remember, we always or, or, we continuously looking at at because it's movement of people. All right. So you would have a new development, which means we have to create a new voting district somewhere. With a new voting station, mm-hmm. or a voting station is no longer available, so we have to also be scouting out for new voting stations or, or, or better voting stations. So that is what what keeps our local staff busy. Uh, all uh, all the activities in a local uh, area. Um, say, for example, if you take Cape uh, uh, Wyman, you know, the district area, you know all the all, all the uh, uh, towns in in the towns of Stellenbosch, Paarl, Worcester, uh, Sierras. They all part of the Wineland. So you'll have the regional supervisor being responsible for that particular region. So, so he or she would coordinate what happens. Typically, also, the regional office is located at one of the local offices. So we don't sort of duplicate. You know, you don't create mm. too many offices as well. Right. I mean, you have also Cape Town. You have Cape Town metro where, you know, sixty more than 60% of our voters are. So you have we, – we try and almost recreate the, the sort of sub-district of of the, of the metro so that we can have an overall reach all over the, you know, from the Strand to, out to to uh, the southern suburbs to Global to, to side um, and up Global to Atlanta. So all over we try and have, a, we have a, a local office. It just helps us in terms of our, especially our logistics, uh, because, you know, to understand it's a massive operation to, to run an election.
0: Right. Now, uh, you, you say it's a massive operation to run an election. What is it made up of? And we we talk. Could you explain the difference between wards and voting districts and the like?
1: Okay, so so where we started as the IEC, we create a voting district. Uh, um, a voting district is, is basically one of the building blocks for your ward. So so we'll say what is uh, we have certain criteria we'll say listen, um how can our voters vote what what do we make it easy so we say listen a voter shouldn't shouldn't be more than five kilometers uh, away from a voting station, so that's the radius. secondly, we look at the total number that we can easily accommodate within a voting station on election day. so we take that say so for example we say, we'll say okay a voter shouldn't in an urban area shouldn't be walking more than five kilometers, and it shouldn't be more than uh, uh, um, Three three thousand voters in a voting district, so that's a little block that we create a block around and we delimit. We obviously also take into account uh, uh, natural features like rivers or, or highways. So you don't want people to actually cross over a busy highway to go and vote on the other side. Um, mm. So we use that to create a little building block, and then the the and that and we do that wall to wall. Every part of the country has is part of a voting district. So we do it for the whole country, and that's why we have over 23,000 voting districts in the whole country, the country then sort of divided into these voting blocks, And then the Municipal Demarcation Board comes along, and they say, well, we need to create wards, you know, for a ward councillor. And then they use our voting districts as voting blocks. So we'll say, listen here, I'll take one, two, three, four of these voting districts, and we create a ward. And that's how it sort of of comes together in terms of of work.
0: Because I know that my councillor, amy cool is ward 64 and mm. you know uh sub council 19 in terms of the council mm. and you you mm. hear these names and uh descriptions but you never you, you never the only time we, the average person hears the word ward is when they go to hospital so uh to get oh, yes. to get an understanding of of these what a ward is and how it's all put together now in in we're talking about the cape metro now how many wards do we have?
1: Um, in, in, in in the Cape Metro, uh, we you have a total of of uh, um, two hundred and um, in Cape Town we have a total of two hundred and thirty one councillors. Yes, and of that we have a hundred and sixteen ward councillors. So there's one hundred and sixteen ward councillors.
0: So and that, that makes, makes like up with four hundred and two wards. Is that correct?
1: No, no, no. The four hundred and two is in the whole province.
0: Oh, in the whole province is four hundred and two wards.
1: Yeah, in the whole province we have four hundred and two, and of the four hundred and two, two hundred and thirty one is situated in the metro.
0: So, do we have two hundred? I mean,
1: sorry, sorry no, not two hundred and thirty. Uh, one hundred and sixteen is, is situated in the metro.
0: So, those are each represented by a councillor.
1: That's correct. yeah. So, you, uh, in in the last election, for example, in twenty sixteen, your voters would have been able to vote for a a ward councillor, somebody to represent their particular ward. That could have been somebody from a political party, or it could be an independent, in other words, somebody that's not standing on behalf of a political party. Mm.
0: And then um, voting districts. Now, of course, the the whole province is 1,579. How many voting right. districts do we have in the Cape uh, Metropole, which is basically the area mm. our radio station reaches?
1: Uh, um, uh Look, uh, uh, it's about uh, I think it's eight hundred and three. So it's quite a few. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, um, it's eight hundred and three. So because you know most of your uh, um, most of your voters are based in, in, in Cape Metro, and it is very dense. Um, you know, compared to, for example, if you go out of out of the metro to, to some of the more rural areas, uh, um, the voting district is much wider in terms of its its, its distance to, between one point to another one. Because there are so few people. Um whereas within the metro you you have much more voting districts because it, the the people are, are, are densely
0: populated. Right. So that just shows the immensity of the task. If you if you have eight hundred and something voting stations in the Cape Metropole, that means that uh all of those need to be staffed. They all need to uh have uh you know the the right amount of ballot papers, so it's quite an operation even for just a municipal election.
1: No, no, for sure you're right. Look, we we need to go... And remember, the big thing with with uh, especially local government is uh, you have uh, individual individual ward ballot paper So you have to get the the, the right ballot to the right ward as well. You know, oh, of you recall, course. Like with national elections, you can have there's one national ballot, and 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 that's it. Everybody sees the same ballot in the whole country. But with the vote, we need to make sure that you get the right. Otherwise, you know, uh, disaster. If if you know we deliver what 20 ballots to what 35 and 35 somewhere else, in the end people don't know who they're voting for because they don't recognise his names, and it's just chaos. So we our our logistics operation has to be top notch to ensure that we develop, deliver all of these ballot papers together with all the. Uh, support material so you know we have to make sure there's a manual, there's there's pens, there's, there's paper clips, there's rubber bands, there's you know, uh, uh posters, uh, there's a bill of material with, a, with, with quite a lot of items on it that actually to go to every every voting station um and that we have to account for.
0: And if that doesn't happen, if just one voting station uh doesn't come right, it means there's a whole section of the population who do not have uh, the opportunity to ex- exercise their con- constitutional right. Exactly. I mean,
1: it's, exactly. it, it's exactly. not We need to get it right, and we only have one day to get it right. Um, you know, in a national election, we only have one day um, to get it right. And you can't. You um, can't and, say
0: come back, come back next week. You know, it's no,
1: nah, nah. This is Look, the only time that we will. The only time that that, that you know the commission would, would consider postponing a particular election is. God forbid, there was like a massive storm, and and the voting station is sort of washed away, and you just cannot vote on that particular day. And I'll say, listen, you come back in two days' time somewhere else or whatever. But no, we we we, we don't do that. We we want everybody to vote and, and vote on the same day.
0: Um, uh, yeah. So you know, many people think the IEC is just uh, the Independent Electoral Commission that makes sure that we have that the independent and is a watchdog. But from what I, can, I gather now, it's it's an it's a huge operational machine. When you said twenty three thousand is it twenty three thousand voting districts across South Africa. I mean you've got to across South Africa. I mean it's it's a massive task that you have to undertake. And if you're not uh, if you don't have your finger on the pulse of every single one of the twenty three thousand, you don't you don't get the opportunity to get it ninety nine percent right. It's gotta be one hundred percent. Yeah
1: no look. Yeah, no, look, and, and I mean Candidates and, and also voters will remind us very quickly about that. Look, uh, um, we try as best as possible to do everything right. You know, sometimes it's small little things. You know, the guy gets in his car, he wants to go deliver something, and and the key literally breaks off in, in the ignition. I mean, it has happened, you know, and now there's a bit of a delay. But, you know, there, there sometimes things just happen, and, and we try and foresee as much as possible and, 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 and put in place a sort of standby measures as well. I mean, we need to, for example, in a... Typically, in a, in a general election for the whole country, we, we have to hire over 200,000 uh, uh, temporary staff. That is, certainly wow. citizens who will come and vote, who uh, will come and work in, 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 our, in, our, in our voting stations. So you need to bring in 200,000 people. You have to go through a training session with all of them, and then you have to get them to sign the tenant registers, and then we have to pay them their stipend thereafter. You know, everything needs to also happen, and that all happens within a week or so. So um, it is a a lot of of, of activities. Um, In the last election, I'll give you another idea of of some. um, In in 2016, um, there were 205 political parties that that participated in the election. In the Western Cape, we had 76 parties that were actually contesting in the different municipalities. So you can see it's a lot of different parties also, and and we need to make sure that the, the whole candidate nomination process is above board that, that only uh, qualified candidates can stand in the election, only parties that, that qualify can stand in the election, and, and then manage that too. Um, and, and you can imagine that not not every, no two or three uh, world ballot papers will look the same, because we right. have different names of, of candidates on there, um, so it, you literally have uh, uh, individualized ballot papers that you need to distribute as well.
0: Right. And it just proves that uh, if you don't get this right, uh, there's just not going to be, not every single person is going to be able, able to vote. So it's, it's, it's an immense task of getting to the point of uh, ensuring that democratic rights. So basically, the IEC ensures that the democratic rights of the citizens are fully exercised.
1: Um, yeah, we are there. We are there to create the opportunity for our voters, uh, because at the end of the day, we are a public institution, and and we take uh, the trust that the voters have placed in us to ensure that they have this opportunity to elect their representatives um, seriously, and and that is that is our job, and that's our passion.
0: Right. Well, Michael, again, thank you so much for coming through to us today. Our shows are now shortened to forty minutes because we have uh, an additional news. Uh, program in terms of our license, we have to have a 15 minute n- news program. So, thank you so much for coming through to us. I mean, these two weeks have been really, really interesting for me as a pretty enlightened, informed journalist. There's a lot of what you've had to say is, has given me a new insight into what happens, why it happens and uh, how I can be a more informed voter. So thank you so much for coming through to us.
1: Thank thank you, Wayne, uh, and CCFM for the opportunity, and thank you to your listeners for, for tuning in and listening to us. Um, thank you very much, and all the best to, to you and everybody out there.
0: Thank you so much. We'll be talking to someone else next week from your organization. So till next week, That's we appreciate That's your time. You.
1: I'll, be, I'll be I'll be nice now on, with that by-election. Oh, so, right. Well, enjoy. <laughs> Okay. Take All care. Right. Thank you. Take care. All right.
0: Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, what an interesting program. That brings us to the end of the show. And uh, next week, we will be having a uh, one of the managers from his department talking more electoral matters. You know, some of the questions are I mean, about special votes, home visits. We did touch on that Uh what actually happens inside, outside, and you know, it just gives us a little bit more information. To many people, think ah, it's old hat, but a lot of people, this is something brand new. So, that's it for this edition of Democracy in Action. Thank you so much for tuning in. I'm Wayne Turner, and I'll be back with you same time, same place next week. CCFM 107.5